Let's get started with tonight. Really excited to start a new series. Glad you are all with us tonight. Um, just how encouraging it is for us to get together, um, even on a virtual platform like this. And so, uh, when we're talking about the first week, it reminds me uh, of like when you look at uh, some of the most beautiful houses. Like just, I mean, Nicole and I were just looking this past week at just like ridiculously large houses, and like they're immaculate, they're gorgeous. Like you know, you've seen those where you drive by and you're like, this has to be a fake mansion or something. I mean, three stories, the windows, like what do you picture? The, you know, the, the siding, the landscaping, you look and it's just immaculate. Um, but I probably, I, I'm gonna confidently guess that all of us here have one thing in common, that when we look at a house, uh, the thing we never think is attractive or appealing is the basement. The basement, the foundation is not stunning. It's not incredible. No one goes, oh my gosh, did you see that house down the street? Their basement be looking bomb on the outside. No, you, you don't ever hear that. Um, however, we know common sense is, is that every house needs that foundation to be built upon. And uh, even though it's a, it, it isn't attractive, every foundation is essential for a home to be built. And so that's the same uh, the same goes for our relationship with God as well. If we desire a rich, vibrant, beautiful relationship with God, we need to lay down the foundation first. And this is what we refer to as disciplines or practices. And now they, they don't really sound stunning, just like uh, a basement when you look at it. The foundation doesn't look incredible. And it might even just sound basic and simple, right? Just brick and mortar or, or stone and some type of uh, mortar holding it together. However, the foundation is essential. Say it to yourself, foundation is essential. And we see that it's the most essential element in every relationship we see interaction. Interaction is the most essential uh, element. And that makes sense, right? Interaction is actually what connects us together. And the same rings true with God. How do we interact with an active God? And that's what we're talking about through this entire series. Um, and we initially start with saying communication. Simple. We talk. It's, it, it's the deepest relationships that you have in your life. Um, those ones are based around what you talk about and how often you talk. It's the people that you've shared some of the most deepest words, some of your most scariest and vulnerable thoughts with people who actually like, know your dreams and know your desires, people who see your needs and, and they attempt to meet it. These are those people. These are the deepest relationships that you have. And this is exactly what prayer is. If you hear it, prayer is just communicating with God. It's talking with God. It's conversation. And that's what we want to do. We want to interact with God. And to do that, we must first learn how to talk with him. And because um, are you really friends with people you never talk to? No, I'm not really friends with the people from high school, most of them, because we don't ever talk. And, and, and that goes to show for, for everybody in our life. We don't really have relationships with people, A, who we never talk to, or B, who are never, uh, or people who aren't real. And it's funny, though, because when I was younger, uh, I definitely had imaginary friends. Now, I wasn't the most creative in the sense of um, imagination. I, I didn't come up with some elaborate monster or some beautiful creature. Uh, mine was the Rugrats, right? Shout out to the Rugrats. I would walk up and I'd just unzip this imaginary dimension and out the Rugrats came and we played 
together because I hated playing alone. And that's what I had to do a lot growing up. And so the Rugrats were a great time. Um, so I want you to just type yours in real quick. Take a second, be brave, and share your imaginary friend's name if you had one or what they were, whether they were an animal or a person. Because a lot of us did, not all of us, and that's okay. It doesn't make us weird. Uh, either way, I guess. Uh, but imaginary friends uh, just ha have a strong parallel. Because these friends, they, they keep us company. They joined us on some of our most memorable adventures, and they were the greatest to talk to. But there was a day that we kind of grew up, and a day that we either didn't need them anymore, or we realized that we were just a little too old, and that our imaginary friends weren't actually real. And so I want to ask you tonight, have you projected that onto your relationship with God as well? Is he just like one of your old imaginary friends, or is he still real to you? Or maybe um, you haven't connected with that, but maybe for someone else here tonight, um, you haven't talked with God for a while because at your core, you're struggling with believing that God actually cares about you personally and that God actually wants you personally. So regardless of what uh, your reasoning is right now, let me tell you two things that'll transform your prayer life. Two things that if you believe and have faith in, uh, that they will transform your conversations with God. One, God is real. Romans 1, 18 through 21, we see that God reveals himself through nature and proves and shows us that he exists. And then uh, two, God cares about his children. That's 1 John 3, 1. And so I sum it up by saying God is king and God is father. God is so powerful, right? God exists and God cares about you. God cares about me. God cares about us. He is powerful and he is personal. And our privilege is to treat him as so. We approach him with humility and speak to him with sincerity. We read that in Hebrews 4, 16. It says, therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the proper time. So here's my statement with, uh, for you. Uh, tonight that I've been wrestling with, that I've been uh, chewing on, that I've been thinking about, uh, the realer God becomes to us, the more we will talk to him. And I've experienced that. The realer God becomes to us, the more we will talk to him. Because the beauty of God is that he is kind and he just wants to have a conversation. He just wants to talk with us. God doesn't expect our conversations to be perfect. He expects them to be real. God does not expect our conversations with him to be perfect, but real. And that's a huge sigh of relief, right? Or at least for myself, I'll be the first to say that my prayers and my prayer life, that my conversations and communication with God have, uh, have had some rough experiences in 2020, like just this year. Um, uh, at the beginning of the year, it was during one of uh, the accountability groups that I was in with a couple guys we were talking about. Um, prayerlessness, why we don't pray. And uh, we kind of, these guys and I together, we kind of surfaced the root of, of my prayerlessness was actually that I was just struggling to believe that God was real. And so talking to him just seemed pointless. Why am I going to talk to something that isn't there? Why am I going to talk to somebody who at the core I'm struggling to believe actually is around me and in me? Why would we talk to our imaginary friend when we know they're not real? And so that was the beginning of my spiritual journey in 2020. And it was challenging. 
But I can tell you this tonight, wherever you are in your walk, in, in your conversation with God, whether your prayer life is robust and it's refreshing or it's drier than your online lectures right now that you're experiencing, God is ready to hear from you. God is anticipating and excited to hear from you. I was inspired by a pastor that I listened to. Uh, his name's Matt Chandler. Those of you who know me are like, wow, big surprise. But he is uh, just an incredible pastor in Texas, and he was speaking on prayer. Um, and for so long, while I heard this message, it just it, it brought to light and it helped me to understand as I as I sat there and thought about it. I wasn't praying about it at this point, but I just realized that I allowed perfectionism. Uh, to hinder my prayers. I allowed perfectionism, the, the desire for a perfect conversation with God to actually stop me, to halt me from actually even talking to him. I, I never even started because I didn't know where to start, right? Anyone else feel this way? I felt like uh, all, all these distractions just kept misdirecting my prayer time, that, that I was struggling uh, to, to, and repeating my words over and over again, which ended up kind of depleting my conversations with him. And silence then sped up my desire to just uh, walk away. I was entangled by these irrational ideas of what prayer was and what it wasn't. How many of you are there tonight too? Maybe you're afraid to pray because you don't think you have a lot to say. Or maybe you're afraid that you're going to say the wrong words. Or maybe you think that God doesn't actually want your raw emotions, your real questions, and your ugly doubts that are stirring in you. Well, let me lay this statement out flat and simple, that God wants you and all that comes with you. And he wants you, hear me out, this is the pinnacle of what I want to say to you tonight. God wants you to pray what you got. And that is the biggest thing that we need to push through when we feel these hurdles coming before us is we, we just got to pray what we got. Because I could preach an entire sermon right now on what prayer isn't and what prayer is and how effective it can be, how effective and how damaging it isn't or it is when we don't do it. I could go down in a whole list, but the foundational line to remember as you walk away tonight, remember to pray what you got. Uh, the foundational line to remember is this. Because this is, this is your real talk. I, I've, I've had for years uh, just this statement um, in my life that uh, God will get real with you when you get real with him. And that's such a true statement. I've seen that in so many people's lives that the moment they start getting real with God, God just, it, it just, it just like it, it explodes in their life, um, their relationship with him. Because God delights in what you have to offer, whether you think it's enough or not. God likes what you got. Why though? It's because you matter to him. Not your fancy words, not your wild deeds, just you for you. That can make some of us really uncomfortable. Whether we feel like we're not enough, whether we feel like we have to earn God's presence or we have to work, that we have to send all of these things before us before we can actually get to him so he actually hears us. But the truth of scripture is that God wants you. He wants his children and loves his children and wants to hear. I just read, uh, reread a classic book a few months ago called The Practice uh, practicing the presence of God. And it was written by a 17th century monk named Brother Lawrence. And uh, he was a cook in a French monastery. And it was just incredible because you get to read uh, how 
this man was able to turn some of the most commonplace and menial tasks, like cooking meals and washing dishes, into just these acts of praise and communication with God. And I love it because this man is a living demonstration back in the 17th century. He was a living demonstration of 1 Thessalonians 5.17, where it says, pray without ceasing. Now we can understand that prayer is just conversation with God. So now we can understand that what's stopping us from talking to God throughout our day? We just got to pray what we got. And so um, I know you guys are muted right now, but you can just say this out loud. Uh, Repeat, pray what you got every time I ask you a question in the next like four questions. Okay, you ready? So I'm going to just watch mouse move and I'm going to believe that I hear it. You cool with that? Thumbs up? Heck yeah. Kind of. There we go. Sweet. So are you tired of waking up and having no motivation? Pray what you got. Give that to God. Tell him that and believe that he wants to hear it and he wants to speak to you about it. Frustrated and overwhelmed because your professor's online skill is weak sauce and it's affecting your desire to even do school right now? Yeah, pray what you got. Give that to the Lord. Let him speak to your heart. Um, How about this one? Are you hurt because you don't feel wanted? Yeah, don't be going to all these other things in your life to feel wanted. Pray what you got. Give that to the Lord. Let him show you that he wants you. Are you doubting God's existence right now? Pray what you got. Tell him that. Give it to him because this is the answer. And this is what I experienced. I remember um, I finally got to to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a prayer rug and I'm actually going to pray. I don't know why I wanted to buy a prayer rug, but I did because sometimes I'm extra like that. And so I was like, I'm going to get this little rug, I'm going to roll it out, and I'm going to have my conversation with God about how I don't think he's here at all. And uh, so I I reluctantly roll it out, I hesitantly get down on my knees, and I just kind of spit it out. I flat out was like, God, I'm here and I don't even think you're here. I'm here and I literally don't know at my core if you're here with me or at all. And then I just started having this conversation and I told him how I was doubting, how I was struggling. And uh, I guess the, the weirdest part was when I got done, I felt heard. Which... It's kind of confusing, right? When I'm sitting here being like, God, I don't even know if you're here. And then I feel like God heard me. Um, This was the turning point in my time with God because I finally got real with him and I shared this thing that I was afraid to share with him. When God is bigger than my doubts, God is bigger than my fears. And I genuinely felt like he heard me. But I'm not surprised because James 4, 8 Like God even says, draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you. And that's what I did. I spent that time and I got real and God got real with me. And uh, since then, it has just been, um, I'm not like, oh my gosh, my whole life has changed. But really, uh, I mean, the Lord did a good work in my heart and, uh, and in my mind. 
And it's just been awesome uh, talking to him and actually stripping things away and saying, God, I just want to talk to you. I don't have to have the perfect words. Sometimes I don't even have words at all, right? How many of us have sat there in the presence of God and said, I don't really even have anything to say right now, but I kind of want to be here, right? It's just like some of our closest friendships, you know? Sometimes you can be in the same room and just exist. Sometimes, honestly, those are my favorite friendships of knowing that we can just be together. We can just sit on our phones. We can just watch some TV. We can just exist together, right? There doesn't have to be conversation 24-7. And uh, it's just the same with God. Sometimes he just wants you to sit with him and be silent. Either A, because he has something to tell you, or B, just because um, your presence is enough. Your presence is enough for God. He loves being with you. Is his presence enough for you? Is God's presence enough for you right now? Because praying is challenging. And sometimes the answer is no, right? Uh, Sometimes we're just everywhere in our mind, everywhere in our life. Prayer is hard, right? Prayer is a challenge. And we could theorize a multitude of possibilities of why. But at the core, prayer is hard because it's spiritual warfare. Because uh, this kind of harkens back to our first episode where Bree shared how things aren't as they seem. We talked about how there's a spiritual par- um, there's a spiritual realm. Um, whether uh, right now in your life you believe that it's God or you just believe in ghosts or or, or whatever we want to talk about, there is a spiritual parallel that we just uh, spiritual realm that we cannot see. And so, when we look at prayer, we 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 now understand that we are connecting with God in the spiritual. And so we understand now that there there is. Um, there's, there's some warfare, there's some tension, there's some pushback, right? There's resistance with prayer because there is spiritual resistance of our flesh and of the enemy. Because prayer is powerful because it connects us with God. It puts us into relationship with him and it strengthens our relationship. And so um, as we see that God connects us, uh, we see that as we pray, ourselves and our, and our world ends up uh, changing for his glory. We see his prayers answered, or our prayers answered. We see the Lord's will being done. And Jesus' disciples must have known this as well, which is why we never see um, them ask Jesus, how did you do these miracles? Never once do we see the disciples ask this, but they do ask, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. They saw and understood where the power and transformation was coming from, which was prayer. And so Luke 1 says that they asked Jesus how to pray. And then we're, we're going we're to land tonight in Matthew 6, uh, 9 through 13. And so Jesus explicitly lays out this model uh, for praying. It's like the equivalence of saying, here's an example of how to pray with God. That's what Jesus says um, in today's terms. And so the Lord's prayer wasn't intended to be repeated verbatim, to become meaningless, Right? It was, the, the prayer was intended to teach us the types of elements that encompass a conversation, that encompasses prayer with God. Because like all other conversations that you have with your friends, with your family, uh, in your life, you don't always talk about the same thing every single day. 
right? There's a variety in your conversation. Some of you just, sometimes you just shoot the breeze. Sometimes you just talk about um, just really surface level conversation. Sometimes you talk about your hobbies, your current stressors, your recent victories. You end up laughing sometimes, you're listening, sometimes you're crying, sometimes you're just in some simple conversation. And the same is with God. All he wants you to do is bring it to him and pray what you got, whatever that may be. Just talk to him. This is a big thing. Don't over-romanticize this time. Don't over-spiritualize this time. Don't pursue a perfect prayer in this time. Don't wait until you feel worthy to talk with him. Don't worry about the time. Don't worry about the location. Don't worry about who's listening. Just get there. Pray what you got because God wants to have conversation with you. Pastor Nicole Schreiber said earlier this year, uh, quote, the goal of prayer is not perfection, it's participation. And man, did that hit me right in the heart of what the Lord was doing, because prayer isn't about perfection, it's about participation. And so I want to start uh, tonight in our life groups. Let's participate in conversation with God. And so we're going we're gonna to break out into life group groups. <laughs> And your group will have some conversation and then get a chance to uh, pray what you got. So right now, if you're reading through the Lord's Prayer and you're like, God, I don't really see you as Father, pray what you got. If you aren't even sure if he's listening, say that to him. If you're grateful for how good of a father he's been, how, how much he's blessed you and, and how incredible uh, your relationship is with him, pray what you got. Share that with him. Give him what's on your mind, and God will meet you there. Remember, God is king, and God is father. And we now have access to an incredible relationship with him, because God is real, and he cares. So bring him everything you have, build a strong foundation with him, and pray what you got.